to the Serious TV Drama Podcast. I'm Scott, and I'll be joined by both Dan and Jamie. Hopefully, you've already listened to at least one, if not the two podcasts that actually precede this one. This is part two of the best of 2022. We're going to pick up where we left off with in part one, where we had just finished discussing the first half of our top 20 countdown. I'm about to get into some Silly little list I came up with that I knew would be fun, at least for me and Jamie, if nobody else. Although I think I was experiencing some minor audio difficulties with my headphones in this moment. So let's flash back or flash forward, flash sideways. I don't know. Let's just cut this thing together and go right back where we left off with at the end of part one. And here we go. Yeah, I can hear the fan on your computer pretty loud right now, like it's <laughs> years ago. But no, no, that's that's Brian's OnlyFans account to hear because I actually have it playing on, the, on a little. <laughs> yes. True fan, you are a true fan. I, he he's actually incorporated a tambourine into his act now. It's amazing. You wouldn't believe what he's he's smacking it off. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you later. Um, gonna gonna take a, a brief respite from our list here, just because I want to throw out two silly top three lists that um, that folks might appreciate. But my first silly top three list is my top three dance sequences of 2022. Yes! One Now, one I just mentioned, my number three would be that Footloose number that was from the first episode of the Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. Season 3. Mm-hmm. I just talked about it. Don't need to talk about it anymore. Now, there is a there was a big fight between number one and number two. Coincidentally, there's a big fight between number one and number two on my other list as well. And I went back and forth on this one. I honestly did. But my number two choice is going to be Wednesday's dance from the Whoa What a Night episode of Wednesday, which means. And I get you should know what it's going to be. Number one has to be the opening credits for every episode of Peacemaker. Yes. My rationalization is, yes, the Wednesday number is fantastic. And everyone, it's, it's, it's totally viral now and everything. And, and we know all the backstory that she came up with it just, you know, days earlier and it's whatever. But I love that James Gunn got the entire cast to do this, they didn't know what they were doing. She went and she went and picked a great. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, not not her. Um, Burton actually, I think, uh, picked you know this great Cramp song because you know that's the kind of Tim Burton. It looks like someone who who'd listen to the Cramps, and they're a known quantity. Hundred percent. James Gunn went and fished out this song by a a band that was literally had was in the process of disbanding. <laughs> Wigwam. You know, this European band that has gone nowhere, and no one had heard this song before, and now we all know it. There are, yeah, Wednesday Adams and her viral video. I watched viral videos of people who who did the Peacemaker dance at their wedding. 
at their wedding. And I will tell you now, there have been times where I'm in the kitchen doing the dishes and I got, I got my playlist going, that song come on. Do I do some of that number? Yes, I do. Am I dressed? <laughs> Am I dressed at the time? No, I'm not. Anyway, not. So my, my next list. I, I love that I love your pick and I fully support all of your choices. And it is one of the very few shows that I I watch the opening of oh, you every can't, you can't skip single it. episode. And at every single episode when Eagly takes that little step forward, mm, I just die of happiness. Best. It's the best. It's, it's great. It's my it's favorite thing. It's that little step. Yeah. Which is Eagly trying to make sure he makes his mark, which is amazing yep. when you realize what that's what, what he's doing. That might be my favorite thing of the entire year. It's so great. Uh, well, almost. Anyway, um, I could say more, but I don't. I don't. I don't want to spend too much more time here because I want to get to my next one. But it's funny because my next one is, is a hard one to list. Okay, it's my top three. How do I describe this? Non-human or even non-humanoid, but live-action characters. So that means no aliens or otherworldly beings that still appear to be human or humanoid and, and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not, you know what I mean? Now, I could have made this list far easier and simpler to describe if I had gone with my alternate choice for number three. Because then they all would have had a certain thing in common. And I could have picked Christopher the Cube of Energy from Umbrella Academy Season 3 uh, as my number three. <laughs> And because that also would have led to a really nice little bit of symmetry between my two lists, but I couldn't do it. So sorry, cute. Sorry, QB. You don't, <laughs> you don't get to make my list. I had to go with my heart. And the voice inside my little aorta here said, you gotta put B2 emo from Andor on that list, man. He broke your heart. Because a lot of people, they might have felt, you know, some sadness in the final moments with the Andy Serkis character, who shares my inability to swim. No. It was that sad little droid back on Ferrix that both broke and won my grinchy heart. So, as I kind of just hinted at, there was yet again a struggle between number one and number two. Could have been a tie, but that's cheating. So... The choice was between the scene-stealing thing from Wednesday and the birdie that we all wanted a hug from, Eagly and Peacemaker. So two things helped me make the decision for me. Thing has already had a history in live action and, and animation, for that matter, quite frankly. It goes back to the original series, the movies. Um, it's funny, both, both of them actually had scenes where they were apparently dead, but then they came back to life and were brought back to life. Yeah. Which is interesting. But come on, but speaking of that, the death and resurrection of Eagly was just way more emotional than it was. Thing. So I don't mean to give Thing the finger here, haha. You know, we can all give him a hand if you want. But, uh. Oh, you're going deep with this. But uh, that's what she said. But. <laughs> Wait, we're not supposed to make those jokes on this podcast. But Thing is definitely the runner up here to Eagly, which means Peacemaker edges out Wednesday for both of my mini lists. Yes. <laughs> just like on my real list. Anyway. Eagly for the win every time. So we are now into our top ten, so we will shoot back to Danny Boy. Let it go. All right. My number ten is The Old Man, uh, a show that I en ended up enjoying thoroughly. 
Jeff Bridges. It was awesome. This was a year where I watched him in the last picture show, 51 years before uh, this series aired, when he was basically like 15 or something like that. And let me tell you, you know, old Jeff Bridges, just a great fucking actor. He doesn't have to be in a TV show. He's he's had he's been picking good scripts for a while now. He's just good and everything but he decided to do a tv show and it's great lithgow is great it's just i'm not a huge fan of the actress who played laurie on uh, uh the leftovers i just just the kind of actress where just she always seems like an actor acting to me she's fine in it but just it always pulls me out a little bit just whatever it's just this there's just some people i perceive as actors acting some people i perceive as just really good actors playing a role and lithgow and bridges and the actress from arrested development were outstanding just really good show but the, fortunately the dogs are enough to make up for uh Lori being a mediocre actress so just, just kidding but anyway it's just just a good show i'm glad they're there i guess they're doing some more i think right another season yes, so yes should be uh just a uh, good stuff just you know bridges and let go are just it's just it's amazing they're yeah. still doing stuff she's also my least favorite part of the show as well so i agree with you on that yeah. Yeah. anyway okay all right, my number 10 is The Bear. Um, I originally just wanted to check it out because I just kind of wanted to see what Jeremy Allen was doing after Shameless. I thought it was really funny. He was doing it another story that takes place in Chicago. <laughs> and it's, I mean, like Chicago is a massive character in the storyline like it was with Shameless. So um, it's it's fun to see him in the same, kind of in the same digs, but a different personality and a different take. Um it's fast paced. The the characters are all interesting. The cast is awesome. There's just like this creative endeavor that's happening. It's really fun to watch. And I'm like, probably more than about any other show on my list. I think I am the most curious of where this could go. So check it out. Okie doke. All right. So we had spoken with Brian before uh, we kicked off the podcast, so I do have his top 10, so I will infuse our top 10s with his list as well. So Brian's number 10 would actually be the same as someone else's number 10 here. His number 10 is The Old Man. I know Brian loved it. We, we did a podcast where we, talk, we spent half the podcast talking about it, so that was Brian's number 10 choice. Speaking of a show I did a podcast about. Did I do it? I think with Brian, actually. There we go. My number 10 is Stranger Things season four. Uh, for me, a kind of a comeback for this show for me. Uh, I, I was not really a big fan of season two. I think it was season three was better, but still not quite there. I really enjoyed a lot about season four. That doesn't mean I didn't have problems with it, but we talked about it on the podcast. You know, the Russia storyline went on way too long, even though there was some fun stuff to be found there. But when the moments in the episodes where this show was really good were mm -hmm. really good. Yeah. And, you know, pop culture zeitgeist be damned. It really just resonated um, to the point where you introduced a character this season that pretty much every viewer, you know, was, we knew what was going to happen, but we were rooting right. against it happening. And I will tell you right now, I would rather you killed one or two of the, at least two or three yep. of the main characters from yeah. the first three seasons than that character. But, you know, you know, you know, rest in, you know, rest in peace, Eddie. But, um, anyway, overall, just 
a very satisfying experience, even with the flaws, even with the wasting of Winona Ryder for the entire season. There's the good outweighs the bad. And that's why I was able to push it into my top 10. That's a good one. Oh. Hmm. I never watched it, but I agree with you. It's probably good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my my daughter's a big fan of it, so... You know, and considering the stuff she watches with me, she must have good taste. So my ninth favorite show is Moon Knight. I really, really liked Moon Knight. It was a it was a blast. Oscar Isaac is just awesome and stuff. Uh, Watching stuff like that, uh, it just makes you realize that the more what. Am I incorrect about the year it came no, out? No, you're right. No, you're right. No, no. Oh. I want to see where it, where it came on my list. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Oscar Isaac, really good. Totally wasted in those Star Wars movies, unfortunately. He's just such a talented actor. So, it's nice to see him. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He gets to play a fair amount of characters in here. And it's just a bonker show with some really interesting standout episodes and strong characters. And, I mean, you know. Uh, really, you know, really good, interesting villain. Uh, good performance by Ethan Hawke. I mean, just it's just a show that I wasn't expecting to really like. A comic character I was never particularly interested in. Every now and then he'd like pop up in some kind of like you know special event or something like that, and you know never whatever. But just interesting. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. I didn't enjoy it quite as much as like Hawkeye and that kind of stuff. But of the Marvel shows I watched this year, which this may be the only one, uh, I I really I really liked it. I agree with you. It came in number 27 for me. Thanks. Jamie. All right. Nine. Uh, My number nine is the fifth season of Handmaid's Tale. Um, This season had two reasons where I put it on there. One, because we, we came back again to like the really like the tense moments um, that just like that underlying sense of stress that is, that's always there with Elizabeth Moss. And she, she always does great. She always does beautifully, but this season, uh, I think Yvonne Strahowski owned it. Um, she's, she's always done well, her character, you know, there's, there's obviously important moments with her, but something in this season shifted in this actress and like every flipping scene that this woman had was just stellar. Um, like I would go back and rewind some of them and watch them again. There's just, there's, there's something new happening behind her eyes and it has brought so much to the performance. And now I'm a fan, like I'm a big fan. Like I want to go and dig back and see all the other things that she's done. Uh, I really, I loved it. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to probably throw it on my top 20. Um, cause the last two seasons have been, nah, they're all right. Um, but nope, nope. <laughs> she she pushed it into the top ten. I'm Just so you guys know, Scott's making a totally bonkers face right now for some reason, and I'm laughing. Well, I don't watch The Handmaid's Tale. Well, appar- he's appar- referring appar- to an actor appar- appar- who played a pointless character on Dexter. So it, um, yes, yes. Dan, it's it's like this. Basically, if 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 um if you could like spin a bottle, so to speak, on or as you're fast forwarding or or rewinding any episode of Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> especially the last few years, and you stopped at any moment, the odds are, the odds of you hitting a a shot where Elizabeth Moth is just staring intently at the camera. Just staring, (laughs) yeah. Pretty much, it's like an 85% likelihood. Yeah, those are good odds, yeah. It's to the point where it's like, okay, it's 
it it it's, it it should be a drinking game. But yeah, then you'd be drunk absolutely. when you buy by by twenty five minutes. That season okay. came in number. <laughs> where let me see here. Fifty-four. Yeah. Well, there you there you go. For me, but you know, I liked it. You know, sort of. I kind of just wanted to end already because it's like, oh, it's it's such an uplifting show too. It it, it you all you know it, what? Don't don't watch it if you got the blues, right? Or I mean, maybe <laughs> no, maybe you no, feel better about things. Maybe no, I don't know. It's just you know, and and you know. I again, I've been. It's it's actually one of the shows I watch with my with my with my my with Adrian and and Mike on Sundays. So we watch it together. Um, <laughs> we, we always remark about, wow, you know, we we usually someone usually ends it by doing like the the Kirby enthusiasm music. <laughs> we cue that up. Um, I, my feeling, my feeling on it. I'm sorry, what? Oh, do you also see the character who played a very bland Dexter character from Chuck who's doing a stand-up performance as well? Do you also see it as good? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think she's good on it. Uh, nice. It's an interesting part. Um, I like a lot of it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where there's things I, I, I really like it, but I can also make fun of it at the same time. Yep, like, I, can, I can see that. For example, I, I love Bradley Whitford on it. But at the yes. same time, it's like, hey, you know what Bradley Whitford's doing? Bradley Whitford. There, yep. there, there is, yep. there is, there, there is, there's only rare moments where he he stretches even an inch. You know, it's like, yep. it's like, hey, basically, if 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 he could have walked off a talk show and just like, what are my lines? Okay, no, 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 no. okay. So you're basically being a snide, snide wise ass. Gotcha. All right, but considering there's not that much light on that show, he's one of the only things that has yep. any lightness to it, and which is really saying something. Anyway. So again, fifty whatever fucking number I said it was for me. So Brian's number nine, his number nine was actually the good fight. The final season, the good fight. So you heard me talk about it before. I don't need to talk about it again. Um, I think I might have. I think I got him into watching the Good Wife, Good Fight as well because it's a lawyer thing. Not sure. I'll ask him some other time. He's, he, my God, he's doing a marathon on only. Fi- oh my God! How did, how does his hand not get tired? <laughs> Playing his instrument, uh, his guitar, his guitar. I mean, anyways, number nine. Oh, ooh, boy, this is the one I've been most excited to bring up. My number nine. Something I just watched in the last week and a half, and like Atlanta, it actually had both of its seasons in 2022 it's final uh, the, the final episode of season two was actually on december 30th so you know nick a time there the series i'm talking about is on apple tv and it's called slow horses i can't recommend this show enough it it it's c- compared to some, pretty much almost every other show we're going to be talking about or, or that we've spoken about or, or, or at least the majority of them there was, I would say, next to no hype about this show. It just, you know, yeah. you know considering this came out around the, within the same month or so as, say, like Severance, for example, which everybody was talking about, and rightfully so. But this one, Gary Oldman is your is your is one of your main characters, and we've seen shows that have a main character be kind of 
kind of an asshole, kind of not such a great person. I don't mean like an anti-hero, just not the friendliest person. They throw all caution to the wind with this character. He's kind of gross. You're literally introduced to him while he's sleeping and, he f- and he's farting. There's, there are a number of farting jokes with Gary Oldman on this show. I kid you not, but yet it's still classy. <laughs> um, it's, That's a gift. It's That's a, a gift Gary has. It's a, I mean, it's a British spy drama that, that does have, obviously, as I just pointed out, humor to it. It takes tropes that we feel that one would say, oh, I feel like I've seen that before. It's like, no, they take it somewhere different. Because um, he's in charge of a division that's been kind of shuttered off to this place called um, Slaw, Slaw House or something, hence where they get slow horses from, whatever. They're basically all the, the extreme screw-ups in MI5 who weren't totally thrown out of the service. They've just been you know reassigned to this place to, that no one gives a damn about. And, and, and they all have reasons why they, they screwed up or whatever. Um, and he doesn't treat them with any love or respect, even in the moments you think, oh, this is going to be that moment. And then he doesn't. <laughs> He's just an, but there's something kind of refreshing about that. Even even the song is good. I I, I the opening credit song. I was listening to it like, oh, this is like an old Rolling Stone song I never heard. Probably like from like the late sixties, maybe early seventies. And I was like, no, it's Mick Jagger, and it was recorded this year for the show. They wrote it for the show, but it has that kind of you know that 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 old kind of vibe to it. It's a really good show. I can't recommend it enough. It's not a big deep dive because each season's only six episodes. Um, there will be twists and turns you will not see coming, um, which I was shocked by, but also like, wow, good for you, show. So I, I highly recommend it. Slow Horses, seasons one and seasons two. I'm putting them together for my number nine choice. All right, my eight. My eighth show of the year would be the second season of Only Murders in the Building. It was the first. It was my number one show last year, I believe. A year where Better Call Saul did not exist. And it was a very good season. Um, It wasn't as good as the first season. Just maybe by a hair. But the only reason it's number eight on my list instead of number one is because there was a lot of really good fucking TV this year. And I just couldn't rank it above anything above it at the moment so great show can't wait to watch the next season it's gonna be good everything i really pretty much like pretty much everything about it i can't think of really any complaints about it so more of that it's more much of it as much of it as i feel like making it just you know find a way to not ever make it be lame and i think they can hopefully find a way to do that so good job guys number eight yes good job guys because they're listening Man, we get those two listening, and we got it made. Hey, there is a podcast. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> we aspire to be that good a podcast. <laughs> Jamie's here. All right. Okay, number eight. Uh, it is season two of The Flight Attendant. So it takes place about a year after the first season does. Um, one of the biggest reasons why I put this in this year is because it's still got enough of the like who done it to keep the mystery going and the storyline progressing but it takes this turn in this hard reality of uh what the perspective of somebody who is in the throes of addiction and denial and trying to come to terms with uh who they are 
uh, and what, <laughs> what that relationship uh, is with family. When you're, in a, when you're an addict um, and how that changes your family relationships and the things that you leave behind, it had me, I mean, it, it's funny. there's plenty of chuckles to be had, but this season had like three or four episodes that I was just had me in tears. Uh, I cried a lot through it. It's, it was beautiful. So kudos to the writers. They, they put their, uh, their big girl pants on and they really, they really delivered something very meaningful. Uh, Well, I watched flight ascendant season two as well. Number 68 on my list. <laughs> I, let's just say, let's just say, if you if you should happen to listen to the the bonus podcast, I was perhaps a little less charitable. <laughs> I just like I just want her grounded. Yeah, okay. My number eight is Dan's number eight. Only murders in the building, season two. Um, my number, season one was number three last year, still strong. I know, I just realized I forgot to mention Brian's. Brian's, uh, number eight pick was actually, oh, is actually was Evil, season three. So we've talked about that a few times already on the podcast. So we can move on to, and Dan pretty much covered only murders in the building. I, I think I kind of agree with everything you said there. I, I would probably say season one is probably a little bit stronger overall. I, you know, especially the novelty of it, you know. Um, but I am looking forward to what they're going to do in the next season, especially since it seems like they're getting out of the building, you know. <laughs> so, um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so we can go back to you, Daniel, for number seven. Yeah. Oh, just one more thing. This, yeah, like I think that the, the Theo episode in season one kind of pushes uh, pushes it over season two, just like the Jackie Daytona episode pushes that season over yeah. every stuff. Yeah, certain things just kind of like are just so different that they kind of like you know they're just memorable. They're just the kind of stuff we right. we we remember, and not for like some like big twist crazy way. Just something different executed well. Although although we sh- we since we both have it number eight, we should one of the things I want to commend about the season of only murders in the building was uh, further development and evolution um, evolving of the Martin short character where there was, I felt there was just much more there and I, I thought that was a much more uh, emotionally affecting kind of way. They yeah. kind of did a bit with Steve Martin's character in, in the first season. And, and, but Martin short, you know, tends to be a bit of a sillier presence and the fact that there was a, enough of a emotional oomph to what he was doing uh, really kind of impressed me. I, I, I look. We we both adore the show. I love the fact when you're watching a show, you realize when they put up the title card and they have the little timer thing, you realize, you know what? That's the actual running time of the episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> I realize uh-huh. that. Like, I love it. Pause. It was like, wait, that's the actual running time. You know, thirty four oh two, thirty four oh two. Oh, there you go. It's such a strange detail for them to plug in, but I just like that they do it. It's just fun yeah. as a long time podcast listener. So my number seven show of the year is a show that I after watching the first. Uh, let's say maybe five episodes i i wouldn't have even predicted it would make my list at all um but by the time the 20th episode aired it did and that was the the second animated star trek series star trek prodigy a nickelodeon show that started out as just like okay i'm, I'm just gonna watch it because of star trek you know you've got a captain janeway hologram voiced by kate Mulgrew and stuff at school 
but eventually it just got progressively better and it just it ended up being really really good i don't know how the hell they managed it i'm not usually a fan of the animated stuff but they managed to do some really really good stuff things that would appeal to you know scott as an original series fan there's a nod to an episode of that that came out of nowhere but didn't feel lame there's just a lot of good stuff and it ended up they ended up paying off what they did and i'm just surprised that it showed that they kind of made for kids ended up being just like you know a good star trek show continuation of star trek voyager stuff just cool stuff while being just solid so it, it made my list fairly high but i recommended star trek prodigy oh, nice. good okay uh, my number seven, I'm going to jump back into one of my favorite genres, which is fantasy, and it's going to be the final season of His Dark Materials. Uh, it's based off of the trilogy trilogy of novels, uh, same, same name. Uh, it takes place in an alternate world where uh, humans have souls that manifest as animals, um, and they're called demons. <laughs> this the stories cover like interdimensional travel and prophecy and creation and religion and basically uh, a million other things, which is why a lot of these novels get banned in public schools because they're too interesting and awesome for them to keep in their libraries. Um, the show is starring James McAvoy, James Cosmos, Andrew Scott, Ruth Wilson, and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda as Lee Scoresby. is just heartbreaking and wonderful, and God, I love the show so much. Nice. Okay, uh, Brian's number seven choice was We Own This City. I mentioned that earlier in my uh, finished in the low 20s for me. Again, that's the show by the guys who did The Wire, um, based on a true story. It, it, oh, by the way, if, if they, if they give out Emmy, well, I don't know if there's a best editing Emmy, but whoever had to deal with the editing for We Own the City deserves a special award because the editing on that show is insane. I, I, I would like to actually look at a copy of one script because I'm curious how a script is structured, if it, if it mirrors what they did on the show or if they do it a different way. Uh, very impressive. So that was his number seven choice. My number seven choice. Hey, it's a show I know that he, Brian's actually a big fan of, although I'm going to yell at him because it didn't make his top ten. Tisk, tisk, Brian. You didn't, you didn't remember. My number seven choice is season three of Barry. How do you, how did Brian blow that one? Jeez. Uh, too busy on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> this, I've seen two seasons of Barry at this point in the last year also. So I haven't seen season three and I know you're good at not spoiling stuff. I'm just letting you know. I've watched two seasons in the last okay. year and oh. All right. I, I, I wasn't going to spoil it, so don't worry about it. No. Um, I think Barry is a series that the initial premise was kind of, oh, semi-high concept, cute, mm -hmm. feels like a kind of, it, it feels vaguely like a couple things I've heard of before, but not exactly this one with the acting class, whatever. And they take it somewhere. And yes. It's, and it's, there's everything from the fact that Hater himself has certainly become a more and more accomplished actor over the last several years. And we see it on this show and we mm -hmm. saw, and we see it with the Henry Winkler character on the show where we like, we realized just how great Henry Winkler is. And we kind of, we kind of mourn how many years he, we, we didn't have Henry Winkler for, you know, before arrest development and, and so on and so forth. But the thing about when we get through season one and season two is the marvelous way they direct and these episodes 
and they're so and they're 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 exquisitely short. You, can, you keep going. They've packed all this into such a short form. That's taken to such an extreme in season three. There are episodes, at least, well, there's one definitely, where there's one sequence in one episode. It's, it, I'll just refer to it as the chase scene. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's seen the season will know what I'm talking about. I don't think I've ever seen anything yeah. like that on a, t- on, at least on a, t- on a TV series. Yeah. You know, that's like that's like the sequel to that's like the second Matrix movie level. Kind yeah, of chase it was one of I, it is honestly one of the coolest action things that I have ever seen on on TV ever. It was amazing. It was it was cool, so cool. And I love the fact that this is a show that understands at 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 at, at the end of the day, it's got a fairly dark premise, dark character at the center of it, and they don't shy away from it in season three. They really lean into it more so than they have in the first two seasons. And it's just interesting to see how that storyline goes, how it also impacts other characters and how they act now as well. And if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a little while since it aired. I believe, and Jamie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it ended in a, oh my God, I need to see season four right now. What are they going to do? How are they going to get? <laughs> what, yeah. what do they do now? Kind of a situation. The you know so many good you know Hater is great, Winkler is great. Um, I, even even oh I forgot her name. Oh man, I'm bad tonight with people's names. I even really liked the actress who plays his uh, his on again off again girlfriend this season. Who I kind of could I kind of was iffy on the first couple of seasons. I think she really came into her own this season. She can't help it, dude. She was raised in Joplin. There you go, the Joplin thing. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And, and of course, you know, whenever you can get Stephen Root to show up, I'm always going to be happy. You know, oh, I should oh, I should have mentioned that when I was trashing Boba Fett in my uh, other podcast. <laughs> you, you even found a way to waste Stephen Root. Anyway, <laughs> number seven, Barry, season three. Danny. Good. Sorry, I was having trouble unmuting myself. All right, the, my my number six show was a show that I had zero interest in watching uh, before it came out. Um, regardless of the fact that the movie that it precedes was my favorite of the more recent Star Wars shows, and that's Andor. I just didn't really. Get, I mean, you know, I I, you know, I noticed that it was coming out. I was like, okay, whatever. I just didn't really. I just didn't really. After Kenobi was such a uh, formal, formerly the twentieth favorite show of the year, uh, dud. I just, you know, I was in no big rush to do whatever, but for whatever reason, after three or four episodes came out, I decided to give it a shot, and it was just awesome. I mean, Scott's pretty much covered it, but it really, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's. I liked Rogue One a lot. This show really doesn't have much to do with Rogue One. It's its own thing. It's just a different kind of thing. I like a Star Wars show that doesn't have any force. I, it's very refreshing that they're just, I mean, there's no lightsabers, there's nobody using the force, they're just doing their own thing. The, just the style of it is awesome, down to the really strange opening uh, title sequence is just different. It just doesn't line up with anything we've seen pretty on much any show at all. It's just fun, cool, weird music. The lead actor's a dud, but he's fine, but everybody around him is awesome. I mean, just a lot of interesting characters, including Richie from The Bear and a variety of other uh, actors playing roles. Just, I like the format of they'll have, you know, three episodes of a slow build-up, then the fourth episode 
everything kind of, you know, hits the fan and then they repeat and then they repeat and it just worked really well. And I really ended up, I liked the finale. I like, you know, just good stuff. The special effects, the special effects sequence in the, uh, the episode where they were doing their burglary on that one planet. And there was all sorts of crazy, like stuff happening, like, you know, with the star stuff going on, whatever. It was just gorgeous looking. So just a really good show that, you know, doesn't fit with the normal star Wars stuff, but does. And I, I'm glad that they're doing another season. Cool. Although the, the 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 opening credit of just revealing the words Andor, which seems to go on forever, kind of drives me crazy. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I like everything. Yeah. yeah, it's like, can I fast look at this? I'm actually fast forwarding just the revealing of a word of like the the, 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 the sun coming. It's, the word. it's just it's just the, the music is so, so cool. It's a combination yeah. of the two things that just work well together. It's just different. Skip intro, skip intro, skip intro. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number six is going to be the season two of Reservation Dogs. Um, here's the thing. There's like a million and one stories and movies and shows that are sort of, you know, coming of age and just talking and dealing with the, the pains of growing up, especially through teen years Um in 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 different lifestyles and different backgrounds um something about this show just gets rid of all the for lack of a better term it just gets rid of like all of the gobbledygook uh that isn't necessary and it's just it's so clean in the way that it reminds you of of what it's like when you first experience loss or you're dealing with feelings of abandonment. Um, the first time you really have to kind of start facing who you are and who came before you uh, and, and wh- what that means for who you are going forward. Um, this season had more than a few scenes that I kind of had to process after watching. Um, and stuck with me for a few days. So the show deserves all of the good things. Um, the cast deserves all of the good things. It's it's just an amazing show. And I just I hope it just keeps growing because there, there's just so many great things that I think that are going to they're going to kind of branch off of this. Nice. Very good. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes of the season, and I just haven't got back to it yet. I'm confident it would have been in the top ten of my list. Uh, I just, you know, I just, but I just haven't got around to it. Even though, you know, I know it's going to be good. I know my boy Mark Maron's going to be it at some point, and I'm guessing I'll enjoy seeing that, just like I enjoyed seeing Bill Burr in the first season. But I'm just saving it for when I feel like finishing it. And you know, I'm glad you liked it. So number six, we're up to six now, right? Number six for Brian was the series The Rehearsal. I am familiar oh, with it. I yes. didn't watch it. I know you watched it, Jamie. So. It is just one of the most bizarre, intriguing, interesting, funny, uncomfortable things I've ever watched. <laughs> and yeah. and and it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. It doesn't go where they think it's going to go when they're making this. <laughs> the concept is bizarre. Interesting. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. 
Like, it's like CJ made a TV show and CJ was the star of that show. <laughs> That's basically the only way to explain it. True. Is it 2017 on this podcast? Oh, it's true. <laughs> just, just trust me. The way yeah. the guy acts is totally CJ. Uh, That's funny. My number six, however, so, I, so I'm going to be the one to bring up a Star Trek show finally. Because my number six is Star Trek Strange New Worlds. First season. Uh, restored faith for me in actually doing a Star Trek show because of my continuing disappointments with both Picard and Discovery. And unlike others, I really did not care for the first season of Lower Decks. So I wouldn't, wasn't willing to check it out again. Um, this, however, um, really I felt em- embraced the original without being overly about, and I hate this phrase, but I have to use it for this. It wasn't overly about fan service in my mind. Um, I feel they're trying to, even though you, it, it, it's almost has the better call Saul situation of, well, we kind of know where this character has to end up, you know, <laughs> but I like that. They're still doing an interesting spin on it. And, and in this world of, you know, Especially in the Star Trek world of, you know, you never know what timelines, maybe not. Um, and also bringing back the idea of doing, uh, even though there's a slight serialized storyline, of course, but it really works as an epi- as episodic TV, which we actually really haven't seen for a number of years. Um, remember when that's what, that's what Star Trek shows really always were until, I guess, Deep Space Nine really started getting into that. And then obviously Next Generation was doing it as well, but not as much as Deep Space Nine. I know, Dan, you're the expert on this, not me, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, love Anson Mount on it. I love all the other performers on it. Oh, I was watching Star Trek before you were born, so shut the fuck up. Anyway, um, (laughs) You know, I even okay, well, I, I, next time I hang out with you, I'll bring the uh, my Star Trek Galileo shuttlecraft trivia game that I have on my desk, and we can uh, whoever wins has to uh, oh, whoever loses has yeah. to buy waffles or pizza. So. See, the difference is I remember making the little plastic model Gal- Galileo spacecraft. When yeah, I was but a kid. I remember the I remember names of all the guest stars for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> but you and Paust in a room, anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> My number six choice again uh, was Star Trek Stranger Worlds. Oh, and the final, was it the final episode of the season? Oh, such a great episode to end the season on. Oh, so good. So, so good. Good stuff. All right. So now we've made it to our top five. And my, my number five. My my number five show is another show that I if 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 somebody told me a year from now that a show of this type would make my top five TV shows of the year, I'd be like, what the fuck are you smoking, dude? Because this is not in my wheelhouse whatsoever. But it was the FX series Welcome to Wrexham, a documentary show about Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds buying a soccer team. I know people need to call it football for some reason, but I will never do that because I don't give a fuck about it. But for some reason, this show about soccer, just like Ted Lasso, is amazingly good. And it's just, you know, it's 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 nonfiction. It's just a show about, you know, buying a soccer team, developing and whatever. And for some reason, it just ended up being awesome. It ended up being my, the show I was looking forward to watching the most, probably of any show the entire year. Uh, when, it, when it would come out each week, it just just really really good i mean you know i'm a fan of the ryan reynolds he's always awesome even though i've never seen him in like anything i i, I looked through his filmography and i've literally never seen him in anything including any of the devil movies i haven't watched any of them so um but 
and of course, you know, I mean, it's always sunny fan. So it's cool seeing some of those, you know, people on the show, but it's just really, really good. I just, you know, yeah. I even, I even watched a fucking soccer game on Hulu of that team a couple months ago because it was playing live sometime. And like, huh, I know these people. I know these athletes. I know the coach. It's just, I know the chant they're doing. It's like, what the fuck? It's just something I give a shit about. But between that and Ted Lasso, which will probably end up being on my list next year if it's on, uh, just for whatever reason, this soccer crap is actually good if it's done well. Jamie, you're muted. <laughs> That's okay. I was just talking shit anyway. <laughs> oh. Sorry. It's just, it's a shirt. It's a shirt in the making. This soccer shit is actually good. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Um, my number five is Interview with a Vampire. Okay. This was like hands down uh, the best Anne Rice adaptation. Uh, in existence they just probably shouldn't ever try to do it again this show has got it nailed um usually there's you know there's a little bit of complaint when you take something from a novel and then you put it into film because you know we've talked about this a million times it's it's a different it's a different medium there's always going to be missteps or something that people don't agree with and the thing is with reading a novel, you're like imagining these people yourselves, these characters yourself. So like you already go in with these expectations. They went in and they changed time, locations, so many things, but every single thing that they chose and what they did with it was smart. It all made the story better. Like, I just I do not have an end to the good things that I can say about how how they did this and how they put it together. Um, even the things that I was hesitant about, like they changed my mind by episode three or four. I was like, it should have always been this way. It probably should have always. Somebody bring Anne Rice back from the dead and let her know that it should have been this way because it's just it worked out that well. Uh, and I will. Uh, now forever, if I go back and read any of these novels, I'm going to imagine Sam Reed as Lestat because, like, Guy was made for this role. So it was a lot of fun, um, pretty sexy, good stuff. Uh, I am really excited for season two. Interesting. Very cool. Brian's number five was Atlanta. Now, he didn't specify if he meant season three or season four or both. <laughs> and whatever, he's not here. He's, oh, he must be taking a break. Maybe he's, maybe he's finally urinating or using it for something else. I'm not sure. So my number five is Reservation Dog season two, which represents for me a major jump from last year where it was number 17 on my list. Uh, everything Jamie said pretty mostly covers it. Um, it, 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 it. There's something just very special when I watched this series, uh, especially certain characters. Um, I know who I thought was my favorite character in season one, which probably everyone's favorite character was, was Cheese. But this season it was, um, oh God, I should have written down her damn name. Jamie. You know I'm terrible with names, dude. Don't oh, make me do this. God damn it. <laughs> wow, I look like Not on the spot. The girl with the hat. 
see, this is where we need Brian so that we can. Yeah, go Brian would. I, 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 I see. See, I, I said I literally went to the trouble of not writing anything about all, any of these shows. And I realized, hey, you know what? I would have written down. <laughs> that would have been one of the things. Anyway, she, she was wonderful. The Mark Maron episode's fantastic as well. Um, it was great. Willie when- Jack. Willie Jack's who you're looking for. There you go. Um, hell, I, 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 I got excited when I was watching in the theater watching uh, the Spielberg movie, The Fablemans, and the kid who plays Cheese actually has a little part in that. And I went, hey, look at that. He, got to, he gets to work with Steven Spielberg now? Are you kidding me? Anyway, I, I really love the show. Here's the funny thing. Uh, uh, however, there was one episode I didn't especially love, and I bet everyone else did, which is fine. I, I don't know why it didn't hit me the way it should have. I liked it though. I just I didn't love it the way I sh- I felt I should have. And it's the one where we're just following the, <laughs> the, the pretty much the the, the cop who's tripping, <laughs> the reservation cop who's tripping. Oh my gosh! Yes. There, there's definitely some crazy stuff in that episode. I do love, but I remember overall I was like going, ah, I don't know if I want to spend the entire episode with him or not. Even though we love that actor, especially from Fargo season two. Um. Anyway, that would be my number five choice. Uh, so let's. Go back to Danny for number four. Okay, my number four. And I just put some spree in my mouth. I need to chew first, so give me a second here. <laughs> Chewing noises. You're like Brian with the chaw. You're like Brian with the chaw. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a spittoon with you, too? Well, people like to watch him do that, usually in a bathtub uh, filled with uh, <laughs> gravy, biscuit, uh, you know, sausage gravy, so whatever. Um, well, now- number four. What? Go ahead. No, I'll, say, but no, I'll say no, but now, now his OnlyFans room, it's like it's way too dark to see. It's like, oh, he's still doing the homage to, to season eight. <laughs> I, can't, I can't barely see anything. Is, huh. the, is the Night King there? Or Nightman yes, there, maybe? And there's, a, and there's a naked woman with red hair that may be really, really, really old by the time uh, he's done with her. So when, when we'll she, see. She takes off a necklace. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, number four, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It was awesome. Anson Mount, the joy. The show is just really good. It's like, it retroactively makes season two of Discovery better just because you think of like, oh, these characters are on that season of that somewhat mediocre show. They're just so good. They're just good in the role. They, uh, what Scott said about it not being fan service, it's just true. Just they're paying attention to detail. They know there's stuff that happened in the past. They just dot their I's and cross their T's and they pay respect to the stuff. They do some fun stuff and they just, they just did a lot of really interesting things. They took characters and developed them in different ways. And I mean, just a lot of really standout episodes. And some of them were just, you know, really, I mean, the stuff they did with the Gorn, I mean, just really, you know, freaky, you know, sure. It's like alien or, you know, variety of stuff, but it's just good stuff. So I can't, it's just a breath of fresh air, just to, to show that like, even when dark stuff happens, you still end up kind of feeling positive because it's just, just good stuff. So I would, I would love to see, you know. I hope Anson Mount gets to do as many episodes of this fucking thing as he wants to, because he's just good, and everybody around him is good. And I'm, uh, I just, you know, I can't speak highly enough of Strange New Worlds. You know, how, you know how much I liked it, Dan. The fact that they were, they were in a no-win situation when they decided to bring on a, well, whatever, younger version, so to speak, of Captain Kirk. Because yeah. th- th- there's no winning that. There's no winning unless you get because uh, except for when you get super lucky, like in the star- those later Star Trek movies, and it turned out, um, what's his name, dude from the Boys that we love so much, 
when he played uh, Dr. McCoy, that he really channeled McCoy well. Carl Urban. Thank you. Um, Carl Urban, thank you. I'm bad with all names. Alzheimer's is kicking in now. But the fact that, okay, did the guy really remind me in any way, shape, or form? Not really. But I didn't care. Because it still worked. Mm -hmm. It still worked. It's like, okay, I, I can go with this being a younger Kirk. And the episode was so well done and how it really fit into what had happened before and what we're, I can't, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. It, it's a great show. It's yeah. really a great show. Yeah. People really need it, to it, 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 it takes a really good classic episode of Star Trek, Balance of Terror, and like somehow makes that even a little bit better because it does just such a good job of seeing it from a different point of view and just expanding on it. It's just like, you know, it's just, they're knocking everything they do out of the park. I mean, some of the episodes weren't quite as good as others, but it's just, right. But that's episodic television. It's gonna, that's it's always yeah. gonna be that way. That and that episode you just mentioned that made me go and I I immediately watched the original Balance of Terror right after and I went to, and I, I was doing compare and contrast because that's just how stupid I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just fun, you know. Like yeah, they take like you know the same couple gets married, but a different one dies in each timeline. You know, it's just the stuff they do is just you know clever without being like insulting you know they never insult our intelligence whatsoever yeah. and unfortunately i have a lot of intelligence when it comes to this fucking star trek shit well yes you know, I have, as, as, for playing ishka but uh it oh, no. yeah so i'm <laughs> i'm looking forward to i'm i'm not sure when it's coming out but i'm whenever it comes out i'll be uh, i'll be hitting that shit hard so jamie what is your number four my number four is stranger things season four so all of what Scott said, all of the reasons to like it, um, but I'll add to it that something about this show is that they have these guys, they bring in new characters every season. There's somebody new that they add into the game, and a lot of shows cannot get away with that in the way that Stranger Things does. It's like every new character that they bring in, or every season when they bring in new characters, it, it's somebody that you kind of love pretty quickly like you care about them pretty quickly i mean they brought in max and she adapted really quickly into the story and uh maya hawk uh as robin um so it's it it isn't it isn't entirely a surprise that we get eddie munson uh and we just adore him plus the character is just really fun to watch um so just on the basis of, of, of the character writing, the show is, uh, it's a treat. But I, I've got to say, unlike Scott, I didn't mind all of the Russian gulag stuff, <laughs> even though it stretched out for a long time, because I kind of have like a, a mad crush on David Harbour. So it was fine, because it was just more of him. So I was okay with that. But it was such a fun season. It was a massive hit worldwide. My kids loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great fun. Cool, cool. Brian's number four was The Bear, which I believe one of you have spoken about already. I'll yes. Be, who knows? Maybe I'll speak about it shortly myself. Who knows? Anything's possible. <laughs> But the bear is also the name for Brian's OnlyFans channel. Well, <laughs> damn it! But my number four, which was almost, which was almost Brian's name for his OnlyFans channel, my number four is Peacemaker. <laughs> yes. Um, 
I watched the new James Gunn version of the, the Suicide Squad movie um, the previous year, and I was very fond of it. And when I heard that they were going to do a series based around the Peacemaker character, I was like, really? Wait, for, wait didn't they kill him? But that character? Really? That one? And I saw an ad for it, and I went, okay, I think I'm going to like this. And there's so much to like about the series. I was talking about it. And, and yeah, one can talk about just just how balls-out funny it can be. Um, and, and how much is apparently this great Im- improvised moment as well. And, and some of which they love to, they, they, they tack to the end of certain episodes, or you can go on YouTube or somewhere else and see John Cena go through this insane long laundry list of names, which is just hysterical. <laughs> but I'm going to recommend it also based on the fact that just it's so well done. Like the, when you watch that first episode, and they have to take into consideration that they're probably going to have a lot of people who have never seen that movie I just referred to. And they're not, they don't know what they're in store for. It's a great character introduction. And it's a great series introduction to set the tone of what, what this is going to be about. And it just goes from there. And I mean, I've, I never really cared much about, you know, most professional wrestler a- actors. You know, you got your rock. You could, Dave Batista was actually very good, whatever. Uh, but John Cena really kind of surprised me with how good he is in certain scenes and not just, yeah. uh, not just, I knew he, he could do comedy, but he actually does some dramatic, he has some dramatic chops as well. But there's also actors that we know from other things that it was great to see in this. Um, of course, I didn't write down any of their names, so I'm going to screw that all up once again. But, you know, whether it be the actress, you know who I'm talking about from Orange is the New Black. She's wonderful in this. I love that she's pretty much like the, the female, the real female lead on this show. Um, Dan would have, would appreciate the fact that, um, what's his name? Uh, Theodol dude from Hell on Wheels and everything shows up on this show. Sweet. Um, Thanks. and. Yeah. I haven't watched I haven't watched Peacemaker yet, um, but I grew up watching uh, Cena in wrestling, and of course I saw him play Jules, his brother, in an episode of Psych, and he was awesome in that. So <laughs> I'm guessing the show is probably up my alley. Psych, that's right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I I I can't. There are a few shows I've recommended more over the past year than Peacemaker. I have a close. I I actually have a little tiny bit of jealousy that you haven't seen it yet because it's 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 so fun that like. I'm kind of jealous. Like you get to go and check it out for the first time. I'm, I'm still having an issue that he's never seen the Deadpool movies. I don't see how that's that 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 strikes me very strange, Dan. You need to see the Deadpool movies. That you're especially with a Marvel comics background that you have, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your and your sense of humor. You you sh- you should watch the Deadpool movies. Trust yeah. Me. Well, once I finish Cheers season two, I will let you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Why don't you get back to the list with number three? All right. Um, my number three is a show that Jamie recommended um, that I didn't really uh, have any interest in at the time, um, but I'd started watching Yellowstone, so I decided to go for it. And it was the uh, Yellowstone prequel series 1883, a show that uh, doesn't really have it. You know, it, it leads up to Yellowstone, but it's a completely different kind of show than Yellowstone, which is basically like a Sons of Anarchy type show, just better. Um for the most part, um, but 
1883 is just awesome. I mean, it's just really, really, really good. It's such an emotionally intense show, and it's just a show about people like traveling the immigrant trail back in the 18 whatevers. But it's just so brutal in how it, mm-hmm. how they portray it, and it's accurate in how they portray it because that kind of situation was an absolute shit show. But it was so intense that I had to take a break halfway through the. I mean, I, it's a 10 episode season. I took about a week between episodes five and six because I just needed a break to decompress from it. It was just that good. And I, you know, and I just never had any regrets uh, going back to it, even though the episodes could be, you know, fairly upsetting, you know, really interesting. But there wasn't really, you know, it, it deserves to be number three. The shows above it, I, I like more, but 1883 was as good as anything that came out on TV last year. And, uh, it's unfortunate that they only did one season of it uh, due to the fact that they, you know, can only do one season of it. Uh, but, you know, if you if haven't watched it, yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in with my number three because my number three is also 1883. Um, I, I just, like, it was the biggest surprise for me. Like, this show was the biggest surprise of, of any of anything I watched this year. Um, Isabel May standout performance with just even just her narration and, and her narrate in 1923, she's narrating that as well. But, uh, her voice is just, it's, it's this very strange soothing melody after like that just rides on top of one tragedy after another tragedy after another tragedy. And then she sweeps in with her voice and it makes it feel like it's a tragedy, but it's meant for something and it means something. And I mean, Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott is Sam Elliott. He did exactly what Sam Elliott sets out to do, you know? Um, But I was really taken aback by how much I loved Tim McGraw and Faith Hill in their role and how how great their performance was. Um, And it's just one beautiful shot after another. And the score is perfect. Like the score is perfect from the first second of the credits and the all the way to the last credit rolling. It's just it's beautiful. It never isn't beautiful so very haunting very very moving like dan said you kind of have to take a step back occasionally because some of the stuff is so emotional but it it's great it was a huge hit for a reason there's nothing more to say yeah, the taylor sheridan stuff's really working and yellowstone's great i really liked uh, mayor of kingstown which which unfortunately mostly aired in 2021 but uh i, I really dug that but this is just on a whole different fucking love i mean just i mean it's just it's unbelievable how good it is it just it doesn't you know all the components add up to being you know better than the sum of their parts and there's some pretty good sum of the parts there so yeah absolutely i don't even want to watch the 1923 which is basically the second season of it because they can't do a direct follow-up to 1883 but i don't even really want to watch that because i'm just like you know, my expectations for that aren't anywhere near 1883, but I kind of just like, I don't even know if I want to even, you know, just go, I don't even know if I even want to go there. I might, you know, I will at some point, but, and I know that will be kept, three episodes except. in and I, I generally, I, I do genuinely enjoy it, but it is, it does not hold the same magic that yeah. 1883 did by third episode. Wow, my number three is no. I've never seen any of the <laughs> Taylor Sheridan stuff, and I don't really care. Um, 
Brian's number three, actually, is Severance. An excellent show. It will be talked about shortly, so no reason to talk about it now. We'll move to my number three, which has also been spoken about already on the podcast here. My number three is The Bear, or as I like to call it, The Bear. Um, this was one of those shows that was, you know, there's a, there's a few in this in my top ten, there's a few in my top twenty, there's a few th- scattered throughout... I love the surprises. I love the ones that weren't on my radar. They didn't, I didn't know anything about them up until I actually put them on, you know, kind of went into it fairly cold. Uh, and the show like this, I didn't even have the situation where I knew an actor from another show or anything like that, like, like Jamie had, whatever. I kind of went into it pretty cold. Um, I just love this show. I was having a conversation with someone online recently because they were confused by, I shouldn't say confused. That's a, that's an exaggeration. They felt, I think they might have still felt somewhat, um, misled by the idea that this show is a comedy. It didn't really seem like a comedy to them. It's like, well, it kind of falls in that comedy, drama, dramedy, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of, to me, if you want to say it's a drama, I would probably, I would actually say it's more of a drama than a comedy anyway. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a drama that has occasional comedic touches rather than the other way around. But it's, but they are able to pull it off within the, the short, um, bursts that comedies are known for, you know, in the smaller episode bites and, and stuff like that. It's kind of like the way, the way, the way Russian Doll is looked at, quite frankly, which can be seen as both comedy and drama. Um, although I think that show might be a little bit funnier. I don't know. But yeah, the yeah. bear, the intensity, um, I, I feel every performance feels true and real to me, whether they're performers I recognize from other things or not. I, I just, you know, it just, it crackles with life. It just has a certain nice grittiness to it. Um, there's a lot of standout moments throughout the series. I know some people had issues um, regarding the final episode. Uh, those people are wrong. Uh, <laughs> 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 because as, 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 as I spoke to other people who know the business, like the, the mechanism that was you, that would be used to facilitate what we see at the ending does indeed exist and can do that without, you know, without issue. And they pretty much hint at it throughout the entire season. So Piffle and those people had a problem with it. They should all shut the fuck up. Um, it's a really, Hey, look, they had me when they were using the song animal at the, during the end credits of think of the first episode or something. Um, it's a, it's a really great little show. I can't wait to see uh, what they have in store for us for a second season, because thankfully it's not on Netflix, which means it got, it definitely got renewed and we can, <laughs> we'll see another right, season. Right. Right. Um, uh, okay. The other thing I'll, 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 I'll I'm going to wait about something. I, I'll, I'll just, I'll, let's move to number two. I don't, I don't want to jump ahead. Um, Dan, what's your number two? Okay, and Scott, I'll, I'm going to watch Peacemaker, but I, I need you to agree to watch 1883 also. So I would, I fully support phone. that. Yes, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to like you know love uh, Mayor of Kingstown or whatever. Oh. But as, as a fan of the Western genre, there's just no way you're disappointed by this thing at all. No so. way. Can it's I, just. Can I watch yeah. it without having watched Yellowstone? Doesn't matter. That yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. It takes. It's place. a standalone takes place 140 years before and it doesn't 
I don't really give it, you know, when you watch Yellowstone, this, it just doesn't matter. So you don't have to watch it. one second of Yellowstone. I'll, if you're, I'll, I'll put it on, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the list after I finish Narcos. Then. Okay. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. Right. I know. I, I know that kind of how you like, you know, Western movies and it's I just do. like, a, I'm a Western guy. Yeah. Movie. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so now we're to the top two and this was the hardest decision that, that I had to make. And it was really, really, really hard oh, no. uh, to do it. And so, no, so the bear ended up being my number two show. It was very, 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 very close, um, but at the end, I just had to. I mean, I had to be loyal uh, to what my number one was, which, of course, is Star Trek Discovery. But well, sorry, I'm not to spoil you guys. <laughs> but um, no, just the bear, the bear, yeah, the bear, the bear was awesome. I, I worked. I work. I work in a kitchen, not the same kind of business, but I work in a restaurant for um, almost 25 years now. And it's just, you would not believe how much it feels like, you know, like watching it just, you know, it feels like how authentic it feels. It's just an excellent show, period. I've never seen Shameless. I hadn't really seen anybody in the show and pretty much anything, of course, other than the actor who was, uh, you know, who played Shane in The Walking Dead when the show was actually good for like five fucking seconds, <laughs> having a very small role on the show. But John Bernthal is always fucking good. But it just, yeah, it's just, you know. You guys have covered it when you talked about it. it's just an excellent show. Um, definitely, uh, you know, at least I'm just glad that it was because I know if it was about Chicago style pizza instead of Italian beef, Scott would not have it this high on the list. So, <laughs> uh, so good. I can't wait. Yeah, I can I can eat that shit up. Just it just one of those shows where it just it, you know, who who would have suspected something like that could be so good? The funny thing is, I probably wouldn't eat those sandwiches either, but I still love the show. <laughs> well, you don't, have to, you don't have to get the peppers on them. Oh, well, okay, maybe I would eat it then. The peppers scare me. Yeah. yeah. Jamie? Okay, number two. I am in the same kind of boat that Dan found himself, where it was really, really close. But yes, loyalty wins out. But my number two is the English. Um, it's a Western... It plays out kind of like an opera. Uh, it's got love and loss and all of those things that you like in good storytelling. Um, but this show is beautiful. It's really haunting. There's moments that just maybe border on creepy. Um, <laughs> it's filled with, uh, you know, hopeful moments. And then like in, on a dime, it will flip and it'll display like terrifying uh, barbaric capabilities of the human species. It's, it's painful sometimes. Um, it just, it brings a full spectrum of classic Hollywood. Uh, it's largely filmed in Spain. So if you are a fan of the old Western, this is going to feel like home. Like immediately, this is going to feel right. Like it's, it's, it's just so great. The first episode, um, it's it's a good episode, but it just it you have no idea what you're in store for. Like it is so haunting and beautiful, and it I, I just I can't say I cannot wait to go back and watch it again. Like I am so ready to just I just finished it a few days ago, and I am ready to turn around and watch it again. So if if you haven't, if you haven't heard a lot about it, because I hadn't before I started it, uh, I had it recommended. It's, 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 it's something else. Dan, as a classic movie, not just a classic movie fan, but um, who you are, 
Like, there's no way you don't love this. It's just, oh, it's just, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. As long as, long as it's as good as classic movies like Bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is uh, far better than that variety list, yes. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, Brian's number two, as we all would have predicted. Um, is his only fit? No. His <laughs> 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 reservation dogs, <laughs> which, which are, which are, are, is also the, 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 the group of fans he has on his only, f- anyway. Um, but we've obviously talked about that quite a bit already. Um, and Brian was always a huge, fan of that series so a little surprise that that was his number two choice um i'm just gonna very quickly just because he's not here to say it something that he referred to this show as which i loved because it's so perfectly brian is that he refers to reservation dogs as his indie band <sighs> that that's very that's so brian okay my number two choice I don't think I had quite the struggle that everybody else seemed to have between one and two. Um, in fact, after I say this, I, I, I think maybe we, we need to confer for a second how we're going to, how we're going to do this. Cause it's kind of, it's a, I believe it's a first, especially for a multiple, for when more than two people doing this. And then actually it's technically four. Uh, but let me get to number two. My number two is Severance. Severance is the best new series of 2022. Period. I don't care if people tell me some other series I haven't seen yet. You can, I'm sure there are amazing, great series that I haven't checked the Clement ones you guys have mentioned already. But what Severance does is unlike anything I've seen on television before. It's so original. And that alone is something you don't see that much of. Because everything seems like, oh, it's a little bit of this or it's that, or it's this genre and it's just doing it. No, no, no. It makes its own way. It's funny and yet it's dramatic to, to, a, to an almost heartbreaking sense. The actors, to a fault, are impeccable on it and you will enjoy the performances of, of you know you've got people on this series who you smile just by knowing they're on the sh- in the series christopher walken's in this series there you go john Turturro's in this series adam scott is a revelation on this series and he was fantastic on parks and rec he goes to different places on this series um it's so so good. I, I mean, it. It's my number two choice. It's also probably if if I could pick the one series I most want to see the next season of, it's Severance. That and that alone is why that should be my number two, my my, my second choice here. It's it's the reason to get Apple TV more than more than Ted Lasso, more than Mythic Quest, which I love, more than For All Mankind, and a bunch of other than, than Slow Horses, which I mentioned earlier. Severance is the show to see. It's one of the few times that a show that got really hyped up and into the pop culture zeitgeist 
earned it and deserves it and makes me as much as I kind of liked Ben Stiller before, as far as his behind the scenes work, knowing how big a force he was behind this series makes me like and respect him way more than I ever did before this. It's, it's, it's such a great series. I, I love it so much. It, yeah. It's the reason that I got Apple TV plus. I haven't watched it yet. I'm waiting to watch it. My possibly my dorkiest friend, uh, when she has time to watch it. Um, but, uh, well, we will be uh, watching it at some point, and I'm guessing that we, uh, both of us on the podcast, will agree with you uh, at that oh, point. It's, it's so. My only fear about talking it up so much is that I, I don't want to build it up so much that it can't possibly, you know, meet those expectations. But I don't care. I, then oh. it's hell with it. It's just I just oh. loved it so yeah. much. And oh, by the way, if you're, if you're watching Mythic Quest yet, I don't know if I think you are. Yeah, I'm watching that. Are you in, are you are you up to the current season of Mythic Quest? No, I've watched like I've watched like seven or eight episodes of season one. And then I haven't had time to. Oh, okay. Be, because uh, uh, for for anyone, okay, I can I can say it this way: anyone who's watching the current season of Mythic Quest, I'll just say if y'all are watching it, and you should be because it's such a good show. Tell me the set and decor for a certain major part of this season of Mythic Quest. It doesn't feel like it's totally based around Severance. It kind of feels that way. When you get to it eventually, maybe in a, a month, month down the road, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. So we have a little, yeah, so we have a dilemma. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's a dilemma. We just, we, I, I feel we should have talked about this before the podcast, but we didn't. I think anyone listening, or should I say everyone listening probably has a pretty good guess as to what all of our number one choices turn out to be. Insert Dan making a joke here, of course. Um, do we just want to go around the room and just say it? And just I, if he was, here, if Brian was here as well, I, I tried to get us to all say it at the same time, but it probably sound awful on, on the podcast. But, um, Dan, I guess you can start it off. Gee, Dan, what was your number one choice for 2022? Yeah, yeah I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of a good joke here, but I'm still kind of caught up of wanting to make a joke about Adam Scott playing the unnamed Defiant Helmsman in Star Trek First Contact. But, um, yeah, it's Better Call Saul. It, um, it was close. I mean, I, I really, really, really like the bear, but, I mean, Better Call Saul executed really well. And I'm kind of picky about the way things end, and there just there isn't a lot for me to complain about there. I mean, you know, I gave it a lot of thought, and there's just certain things that I mean, you know, the Nacho arc was awesome. The what happened to Howard's unbelievably un, unpleasant to the point where I had trouble sleeping that night. Literally, I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. I was tossing and turning about it. Uh, it's just that kind of stuff is enough to elevate it over something like the bear, which was excellent, but but it wasn't having me tossing and turning because I was that fucking stressed out about it. So, I mean, to say nothing about the performance of Ray Seahorn or, you know, uh, Jonathan Banks, I mean, just there's just too much. I mean, so while there is some loyalty involved there, but if I really did the math, just the math could only end up one way. And that is why uh, Better Call Saul uh, was my favorite show of the year. Hey, Jamie, what was your number one choice for the year? Well, while guess, it was also Better Call Saul. Um, everything that Dan said, I would also like to add that this was a, this this final season came with some 
some burden and fear that we were going to lose Odenkirk in the middle of, of the year. Um, and to think about how it, it wasn't just a, how do we finish this story, but to lose him and how scary it was to find out that he had collapsed and all of that. Um, it, it really, it really is telling on uh, how, how much you bond with these people over the years and coming in from the universe um, with the Breaking Bad universe and having to say a final goodbye to it and in a way that in a way that set the terms the it couldn't have ended better like they really thought it through and it was just so satisfying even if it was sad to let it go uh, and I just, I have no complaints of the final season. It is easy for it to be number one, even if I had other things coming in close. Uh, is a, It was a great world to be a part of over all those years. So, yeah, great show. And really nice that these show, I mean, you know, compared to like Ozark, for example, a show where the characters actually have consequences for what they do. It's just yeah. nice, you know, instead of yep. just like, oh, you know, let's just manage to skate through, not feel earned, whatever. I mean, you know, while you said, you know, Breaking Bad, maybe people think the Nazis are, a, you know, deus es maga or something. I don't fucking know. But it's just, you know, at least there was consequences for people's bad decisions and stuff like that. But, you know, the Better Call Saul followed through on them. And it followed through in a way that made sense for the character from start to finish. What, what Jimmy, mm-hmm. Gene, Saul, whatever does at the end, it totally makes sense. You know, for that character, Scott. Well, Brian's number one choice was something called BCS. So I don't. I'm just kidding. Obviously, Brian's choice was CBS. No, no, Brian's choice was Better Call Saul, as was mine. Of course, all four of us were picking Better Call Saul. Um, you guys have really um, been reasonably eloquent about. Uh, why we would be picking this series. Um, and when we say loyalty, it's because we've, at least Dan and I specifically, and then, and then others, but it started with Dan and I, this is the show that we podcasted from the very start. You know, uh, you know, we covered, so we covered every single gosh darn episode of this, of the show. It's a series that, um, in some ways, kind of similar to its predecessor. Um, I would say I would say genuinely felt like it got progressively better from season to season. Again, one can quibble between one or two, one season or the other being better than the other, but but overall, it got exponentially better as it, as it moved along. Um, it may I was already a massive fan of Mister Odenkirk since the early '90s and what he does on the dramatic side. Um, uh, for this show over the last several years and this specific season, um, is a wonder. And it, it's, a, it's, I'm, I have his, I have his book. It's still on, on my end table in my living room. It, I'm actually finally reading that Ellen Sepinwall book from like ten, seven, eight years ago. I'm, I'm like almost done with it. And then I'm going to read the Odenkirk book finally. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking forward to him talking about taking this role and the challenges and how he challenged himself to become more of a dramatic actor. Um, we've gone on about Ray Seahorn a million times and the same goes for pretty much every performer on this show that was on it th- throughout its run as well as the people who showed up this season. I mean, 
Carol Burnett, for God's sake, was 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 a joy <laughs> to watch. The scene between her and Jean when there's that moment you think, "Oh my God, is he going to kill Carol Burnett?" <laughs> it, it's amazing. Um, also, whenever we invest time in a show, one of the things we always talk about, especially the the, the serialized uh, drama shows, more so than, than any other uh, type of show is are they going to stick the landing? And this was a show that really, really stuck the landing, like very few others have. And not and the fact that they not only stuck the landing, but they did it in a in what I would say was kind of a risky way. They did it in a way that could alienate some of the well, let's just say let's be I'll be nice and say less sophisticated viewers. They stay true to the creative vision that the people behind the scenes had, as well as what the show had been delivering to us, at least for these last several episodes. I love the finale. I love the series. There was no question this was going to be number one for me this season and yeah. and this year. And yeah, it's wow, wow, wow. All righty then. Now, I'm kind of torn here because I know how late it is. <laughs> but I know what I'm supposed to do. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this really quickly then because I know p- people have to get up early, but I know I wanted to get this in. After we completed our countdowns here, I did want to at least throw a bone to what we will be looking forward to in the coming year that we're here now, t- 2023. Um, so I'm going to kind of speedball through the highlights that I've noticed that are upcoming. Um, I think we are going to watch at least some of these. Maybe a few of these might even pop up on a podcast at some time in your future. Um, the one I would start off right off the bat, the ads are really sucking me in. I got to admit it. The Last of Us on HBO at Pedro Pascal and that uh, the Bella Ramsey, the scene-stealing kid from Game of Thrones. Yay, post-apocalyptic yes. fun. Hey, it looks like the show that yep. Walking Dead should have been. I don't know. Here's one I didn't know about until recently. I'm actually very excited about on Apple TV, Masters of the Air. It's a new World War II series from the people who brought us, you know, Band of Brothers in the Pacific. So yeah, it's Spielberg, Hanks, and the other guy. But now we're, we're, we're dealing with the, with the air battles and, and the pilots. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, if it's, if it's of the quality of either of those, and obviously Band of Brothers is actually much better than the Pacific. But even if it's on the oh, yeah. level of the Pacific, I'm still looking forward to it. I haven't even looked into who the cast is. I'm sure it's a, they've assembled yet another great cast. I, I don't need to know. I just I know I'm going to watch it. You know. You know what theater it takes place in, or is it both? I don't know anything about this. So. I don't. I don't know. I, I I'm I was actually going out of my way to avoid <laughs> knowing yeah. anything about it. So I don't know yeah, if it's I specific guess, or not. Whatever it is, it'll be it'll be interesting. I just I eat that shit up. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a sucker for the whole thing. Um, I keep saying, "Hey, are we ever going to finally get that 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 HBO series about the White House plumbers?" I believe we're getting it in March. Uh, that's the show that's going to have like, the series is going to have like Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux and a bunch of others. Um, it, it, it's got that kind of s- satirical drama look, the, the kind of the Adam McKay kind of feel. I don't know if he's behind that show or not, but it kind of feel it has his feel to it. So, we're kind of looking forward to that. I think many of us are looking forward to Justified City Primeval. 
especially now that they've actually been casting some people on this I've, I've read. Um, I like the fact that Boyd Holbrook is going to be on it. I'm, I've become a big fan of his from his days on Narco and The Sandman. He's going to be one of the bad guys in the upcoming Indiana Jones movie. Um, Adelaide Clemens, that we remember her from Rectify, she's also going to be on it. Marin um, Ireland, who I know from Sneaky Pete, she's going to be on it. But it comes down to the fact you got Timothy Oliphant back as Raylan Givens. That's the reason we're going to be watching. I think it might be might be taking place in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then we have something I think, Jamie, you're going to be looking forward to. Maybe you might consider trying to twist my arm to do a podcast. The spinoff of The Boys, Gen V. So we've got that to look forward to. Like, so what is it? Is it like, um, is it kind of, what do you call it? It's like the thing with the X Men with the with the younger kids in the school, but kind of right. Yes, of, that's that's my general thing. Kind of riff on that, so kind of looking forward to that. But speaking of superhero stuff, let's just blow through a few of these really quickly. Secret Invasion on Disney Plus, which you've got you got your Sam Jackson's Nick Fury and the people in the cast. Yeah, we got Ben Mendelsohn doing the scroll thing again. Olivia Coleman's on that show. What? <laughs> So that's kind of bizarre. I need to see it just for that. We also are going to get Agatha Coven of Chaos coming later this year. And Aubrey Plaza is going to be playing a villain. So if she's even half as good as she was, you know, at least on the first season, specifically of Legion, that might be something worth seeing. The next thing, I don't know if it's going to be worth seeing, but I, I might check out at least the first episode. Did you know that they're doing History of the World Part 2 on Hulu? Which is written, directed, and starring Mel Brooks. Seriously? Nice. He's like 97, nice. I think. I've got to at least check out one episode. That's exciting. And then you have a million and one returning series. So, yes, we're going to get the return of Yellow Jackets and The Mandalorian and Succession at some point. But Perry Mason comes back in March. They, Yay. they said it's March. Um, Barry will be coming back for season four and Bill Hader is going to be directing every episode himself. Nice. Very intrigued by that. Hey, I think, Jamie, I think you watched this. Remember that Hunter series, the one that had the Nazi hunters and Al Pacino? And, yes. Which, yes. Was, which was really good until that last episode. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> turns out we're getting a new season of that. Uh, All right. I'll, 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 I'll check it out, but you know, you know. Uh, of course, every year we're going to be, we always look forward to a new season of what we do in the shadows. We are going to be getting the third season of Ted Lasso this year as well. That's been confirmed. And here's a weird thing. For some reason, because I looked at a lot of articles that said the top 25 most look anticipated series, top 50 most, you know what? No one mentioned, even though I, and I had to check to make sure it's still scheduled for this year, but it is. No one mentioned Fargo. Fargo's supposed to be coming out later this year. I know he always takes a sweet-ass time, so it probably won't come till the fall, but that's the one with John Hamm. The, the, the John Hamm and Fargo. Come on. I don't know if we're going to get Peacemaker or the Boys Umbrella Academy this year or not. One can hope, but we know we're supposed to be getting Fargo. Um, we kept talking about Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk is going to show up in at least one, possibly three different series this year. One of them is going to be Straight Man. It's on AMC, so I'm very curious about that. And there's that one he's supposed to be doing with David Cross, which, you know, there you go, right there. Oh, oh I don't need to know what it's about, even though it's, I think it's about competing gurus or something like that. So looking forward to that as well. And hey, that's actually it. That's all I had. 
there's some other show that's going to be on Peacock that has. Oh, what's her? Oh, I'm getting. Every, I'm forgetting everybody's name tonight. So bad. The actress from Russian Doll. Why am I forget? Why Why am I blanking on her name now? Natasha. Yes, Natasha Leon. Right. I think mm-hmm. she's going to be on it uh, as well as others. And Rian and Rian Johnson is behind it. It's kind of a. Ho- I, I'll watch her on anything she's on. I, I will just tune in just because she's involved. I believe Rian Johnson is behind it, or if that's how the name is pronounced. And I think it's kind of got kind of a, a whodunit kind of a format, uh, you know, from episode to episode, which therefore explains her little appearance on the Zoom screen in Glass Onion as she was one of the celebrities that Benoit Blanc yep. was talking to. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And I was like. Oh, now it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Rian Johnson's doing a series with her. That's about whodunits. There we go. All right. I I think that's pretty much everything that comes to mind. So I'll try to wrap this up so you guys can get some sleep. Uh, <laughs> unless there's anything anyone else wants to say. There's just one show that I am pretty interested in checking out um, that you didn't mention, which is Dark Matter. Uh, and it's based off of the the novel with the same name, but it stars Jennifer Conley and Joel Edgerton. So I think that is going to be an interesting duo. Dark Matter. I think I missed that one. Okay, cool, 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 cool. That's going to be on Apple TV. Ooh, well, that's already a mark of something good, hopefully. Um, and, and as far as any further podcasts, um, there's a chance me and Brian might come back to do something on the first half of the Doom Patrol season, but I I'm, I don't want to guarantee that. We'll, we'll see. We, I don't know if either of us have the time for it. And I know Dan and I have tossed around the idea of doing a Star Trek-themed podcast, although we just spent all the time ripping them apart on this podcast. I don't know if we need another podcast for it. We'll see. Um, well, there will be, but I'm sure there will be series that will come up over the course of the season that we'll be back to talk about. We know Perry Mason's coming in March, and you know that you got one right there, if it pleases the court. Um, so let me finish up here. If you enjoyed this podcast and good Lord, look how long it was. All right. I wonder if I'll split this into two. Nah, it'll just be one. David got along to be happy. If you enjoy this podcast, guess what? You enjoy hanging out on our Facebook page as well. It's a serious TV drama podcast page. Like the page and join the conversation about shows like all the ones that we just discussed and so many others. You can find us on pretty much any podcast platform that exists out there. Well, except for maybe one. But you can just listen to all 366 episodes. The next one will be 367, whatever. You can find it all at stvdpodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on both Twitter and Instagram. God, I haven't posted on Instagram since like September. I've been going October. I'm fucking that one up. I gotta fix that. I'll fix that this week. Um, what are our handles there? On Instagram, it's serious TV dramas, one word. On Twitter, it's at STVD Podcast, STVD as in Serious TV Drama. Also, always remember and never forget to check out my other podcast, Scott Forgot the 80s. We've already had episodes covering Footloose, Top Gun, and Christmas Story, and I am gearing up for the next one, which will be covering The Never-Ending Story, much like this podcast, which seemed to be never-ending at this point. So, um, Dan, Jamie, Happy New Year, by the way. We never even said that. Let's start yeah, and to you. Let's hope that uh, 23 is a good one. Oh, God. Be nice. Yeah. Happy New Year. Fuck David God. Been nice recording with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's 
the perfect way to, to end the first podcast of 2023. <laughs> All right, Jamie, uh, thanks for popping in. It's been a little while, actually, for both of you now that I think about it. And yeah, yeah, it's been fun. I really always look forward to the the year long list, whether I'm on it or I'm, I'm just listening. I, I think it's great to get everybody's perspective and just see what they emotionally attach to. Uh, during the year, and I, it's just something I always look forward to. So it was fun doing it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a nice, uh, nice three hour plus threesome while Brian just watches. So, what <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of reverses what he's used to? Because people are usually just watching him, you know. But um, the lot the way he picks, he like the way he picks that guitar right there. <laughs> Good lord. Can you imagine if I decided to do my entire countdown on, on the podcast as well? The two of you would have killed me, probably. Anyway, thank you, thank you guys for joining me here. Thank you guys out there for listening. And till next time, I have nothing else to say. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.